I was thinking this week, for some reason, I don't know why, the thinking about expectations, which is always a lovely thing to reflect on because we can get so trapped by expectations um, about, oh, the way things should be or shouldn't be or what's going to happen or not going to happen. And so I did a, a little search. There's a, there's a site called Access to Insight that was primarily uh, Tanisra Viku's site. He, was, he is a monk near San Diego. And um, he has a newer site called dhammatalks.org, but I still go to Access to Insight. It's where I go. And, and, and it, it has all kinds of um, talks. It actually mostly has the suttas, the teachings. And so you can do a sort, like put a word in expectations, which is what I did, and it'll come up maybe if there's a sutta or something that is, um, has that word in it or, or, or writing, because he has essays by many teachers, not just him and a lot of his work. He's a very prolific writer, very prolific writer. Um, he writes tons and tons and tons of books that are published, self-published and freely offered. He's supported by a very generous Thai community down near San Diego. So um, this one sutta came up that I, that I read a few years ago that I liked, and it's, it's depending on who's translating it, it's either a single excellent night, an auspicious night, an auspicious day, an auspicious night, an excellent day. So it's a, it's a good time. It's, it's, a, it's something that's, that's helpful. And um, so it talks about expectations. So I wanted, to, I wanted to look at this sutta and talk about this today. Um, and it says the, the Buddha, the Blessed One, that's how they oftentimes refer to the um, the Buddha. Monks, I will teach you the summary and exposition of one who has had a good day or a good evening. Listen and pay close attention. And he said, you shouldn't chase after the past or place expectations on the future. What is past is left behind. The future is, at yet, is as yet unreached. Whatever quality is present right now, you clearly see right there right there. Not taken in, unshaken, that's how you develop your, the heart. Ardently doing what should be done today, for who knows, tomorrow, death. There is no bargaining with mortality and his mighty horde. Whoever lives thus ardently, relentlessly, both day and night, has truly had a good day or a good night. So says the peaceful stage. He says, let go of the future, let go of the past, let go of expectations, let go of living in what was, and stay right here and do what has to be done right now, seeing clearly what has to be done right now, and then you will have a good day. And it says, of course, it goes on, it's like, well, how do you do that? And he says, how, monks, does one chase after the path? One gets carried away with the delight of in the past, I had such a form, body. In the past, I felt this way. In the past, I thought this, this, you know, all these things. You just get caught up in who you were, what it was like. Any sentence that begins, in my day, is you're caught in this trance of the past. It says delight, but sometimes it's hard to hear that, because sometimes you get caught up in the misery 
but that's all there's also there's some if you get caught up there there's some kind of delight you know there's some there's a reason you do that I mean even if stuff is horrible there's a reason why you stay in it so I, I like Tara Brock's where she uses the word trance a lot so you're caught up you're you're in trance you know in the past and how do you not do that just don't get carried away with the past. Very simple. And the same thing about the future. How does one place expectations on the future? One gets carried away with the delight or it gets entranced with, in the future, I will have such a body. I will think this is what's going to happen if, I, if this, if then. So the, those sentences that begin with those types of things, if I do this then. If I work out, if I go to the gym, then this. If I, you know, network with that person, then this will happen. We get caught up in how we want things to be and how things were. And when you're doing that, where are you? Not here. You're not here. And so the Buddha says you need to not get carried away with the future or the past. And he goes, um... What is it? Anyway, so I'll leave it at that for the moment. Um, be careful about, I mean, be, that's why in the meditation instructions, I was suggesting that you notice whether you get caught, whether you have a tendency to move into the future or move into the past. If you have a planning mind or a ruminating mind, that's kind of like feeding over what, you know, they did to me or or I can't believe, or boy, that was so cool when I did that. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I couldn't, why did they say that? Um, I shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have said that. She shouldn't have done that. We get into that, you know, trying to change the past and really manipulating the future. And the Buddha says, that's, that's, there's no there there. Stay present regardless of what's going on. Um, it doesn't mean we don't reflect on the future. It doesn't mean we don't reflect um, with the thoughts that come up. That's one of the really, really important things is to recognize that, oh, what's driving this? What's driving this rumination about the future? What's driving this rumination about the past? Because if you're paying attention, you notice you're not lost in the future you notice you're thinking about the future a lot. So is that distinction clear? Because you can be lost in the future and not be aware of it. Like I'm going, I'm going out of town this week, I'm going to New York, and so my head can be lost in all the things I'm gonna do, all the people I'm gonna see, all the stuff, blah, 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 and not be anywhere near right now. It's easy to get, I mean, we can set up, um, I mean, we can totally lose our um, ability to be present. And it just popped up a, a thought of when I was a kid, or a lot of times when we anticipate something, something wonderful is going to happen. We get into this place of anticipation. I remember as a kid thinking about going to an amusement park, and all week, you know, you can't sleep at night because you can't wait till this Saturday comes, and then you get to go to the amusement park, and then you're at the amusement park. And I remember distinctly going, oh, only five more hours. You've heard this story before us, but oh, only five more hours and then it'll be over. And I'm never in the present. 
I'm missing out on what I had been waiting for because I knew it was going to end. So then I'm, 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 I'm still lost in the future and not experiencing what's happening right now, good, bad, or indifferent. Sometimes we, somebody was talking about this on Thursday, they get lost in nostalgia. Last night I mentioned, I was talking before class that I went to see The Who last night. And as I was walking up, as we were walking up to go to the seats, all of a sudden I had this remembrance of a nephew of mine who loved The Who. He absolutely loved them to death. And he just died this year. He was only 50 years old. Um, he had esophageal cancer, and he died. And um, all of a sudden, I was just um, overcome with this memory of Brian. And I just felt, and I felt this great sadness. And it's like, you know, when that happens, we have a choice. When emotion arises, when a feeling arises, when something arises, we have a choice if we're paying attention. If we're not paying attention, it's easy to get lost in um, papancha, the proliferation of thought, taking us, oh, I remember when blah, 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 and going back to that Christmas when we all got the did, blah, blah. Instead, I was able to just oh, experience, I had, I started, there were some tears, I had some incredible sadness for his loss. He just died a couple of months ago. And just felt that. And just felt that. And I told my husband, I said, oh, I just thought of Brian and it's really sad. He goes, oh yeah. And, and let it be there. Don't have to mitigate the unpleasant experience. And then it dissipated. And it dissipated. And then, it must have been emotional last night, they opened up and they played, they had a 46-piece orchestra with them and they started with the overture from Tommy, which was very emotional also. I don't know, I'm like, why am I crying? Okay, we'll just let it be. And again, the choice was there to go back to high school when I first heard the album and blah, 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 and this and that and that and this, oh, and then with this and then that and then the movie, oh, and remember Tina Turner and blah, 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 blah. Or just be with the emotion. It's that we can choose to get lost in this nostalgia or get lost in the, oh, how long is this going to, this is, oh, this is only a five-minute thing. Oh, my God, it's going to be over, which I have done. That's how I, I would spend so much time worrying about things that were enjoyable ending instead of enjoying them. So come back. Be here now. Be aware. So we have a choice. When we see clearly, we choose to do what needs to be done right now. As the Buddha said, ardently. You know, do what you need to do right now. As he said, ardently doing what should be done today for who knows, tomorrow death. Buddhists are great. We talk about death all the time. And it's true. Like Brian died at 50. And then they had, I had a friend who, a woman I knew passed away and she was a musician and they actually, before the, before the show, before the Who came on, they put up a thing, some pictures of her and talked about how great she was. And, and it was like, whoa, I started crying with that too. And took pictures of it and sent it to a friend who's, who's really close friends with her. And it was like, whoa. Um, 
So there was a lot of emotion and there was a lot of joy. And so when you're in the moment and paying attention, you can have the full, the full um, experience of life. When you're paying attention, you can experience the joys. That what is it? The saying, the ten thousand joys and the ten thousand sorrows. We have the tendency to only want the joys, but if you do whatever you can to block out the sorrows, you're only also going to block out the joys. You're going to become a little robot, a little humanoid, maybe. I don't know if that's the correct term. I'm not up on my science fiction. So you have to recognize when you're caught in the trance of the future, caught in expectations. There's a phrase, I didn't make this up, the higher your expectations, the lower your serenity. If you get caught up in the way things should be, you're screwed. That's what the Buddha, that's like, you know, eight, um, Four Noble Truths 101. You want things to be good all the time. And that's why you suffer. That's why you're so discontent. Can you be with what so, is? Are you saying then that it's okay to reflect in the past and experience the emotions in the present? Yeah. So, so it's okay to be in It's Okay, thank you for that. I was going to say that. It doesn't mean you just keep this these walls in your mind saying, I'm only walking here, I'm only walking here, I'm only walking here. No, it's beneficial when, when something comes up to reflect. To reflect. Yeah, that happens. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we um, see how we're caught up, see how we're entangled in things. So the, the thoughts come up, the reflections come up when you're in practice or doing something and you, something comes up and you have a memory of something. And a lot of times, if it's a big deal, there's an emotion that's associated with it. So you can reflect on it, but reflect on it in the present. Let's say be with the emotion that's present right now, or reflect back on perhaps your behavior, reflect back on how you showed up in different circumstances, saying, this is, this is how um, insight works. And this is, I think, how all learning works. Philip Moffat talks about it in his book, Dancing with Something. I can't remember, but it's the Philip Moffat book that's dancing with. Anyway, he talks about the, the practices of insight where you have the intellectual knowledge of um, the teachings of holding on to things. And then you begin to work the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, but how clinging creates suffering. So you have that awareness or aversion, pushing things away. And then you see, oh, I needed that to be a certain way and I couldn't let go in my past and that's why I suffered so much. And then you see that and so you begin to see how your behavior kind of drives you and then hopefully at some point you're aware enough that as you're doing it, you choose the more beneficial response than the autopilot reaction. Is that clear? I can maybe give an example like, um, Needing, uh, I've got a billion in my life, and I'm sure people who've been practicing for a while can point to things like, I grew up conditioned to not say anything that people wouldn't like. 
I had to, um, I wasn't allowed to make mistakes. And if I told people things they didn't like, I, it was not, it was not safe. So I had to always be, everything had to either be um, good or perfect, or I just wasn't able to kind of be real or vulnerable. And so that is how I needed to survive my early experiences, but I, that became who I was. It then became really difficult for me to be open to other people, to say, hey, you know, you need to stop doing that, or I'm unhappy, or this isn't working, or just be honest, or even answer a question for fear I might be wrong, and then what would happen? So I was kind of constricted by all of this, so I would just not say anything, even when it served me to say something, because there was so much fear there, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it until I started this practice and recognized it's like, I need to tell somebody something. That person is causing harm. I need to say something about it especially people who are important to me. People who aren't necessarily important to me, it didn't matter so much, but if people were important to me in my life, I, it was so difficult. And I realized it because there was an underlying terror that they would kind of walk away. I didn't see that until I really started reflecting, oh, today I can't say this to this person. Today I need to say this and I can't say this. But through reflection, and seeing how, oh, why? Because I'm afraid. Why am I afraid? Oh, because of what happened in the past. And sometimes we don't even get to understand why, but we see that our actions today are causing us really some discomfort, some suffering, some struggle, some stress. So we work through seeing how my need to always be liked or my expectation to be perfect cause grave discomfort, horrific discomfort, almost dysfunctional, uh, uh, just kind of like, oh, I don't know, I can't say anything. Making the effort to, through the teachings, like wise speech, wise speech has been my like go-to in the, in the Eightfold Path, um, wise speech of seeing and saying what needs to be said. I had that as a foundation of, um, my, my trying to live in this world. And it's like, not just not saying, uh, not just not lying, but saying what needed to be said. Okay, I am going to say what needs to be said, even though my guts are all churning and I don't want to because I'm terrified and my, my thing would be to run away and you never see me again. But instead it says, no, you have to choose differently. You have to, as the Buddha said, ardently do what needs to be done in this moment. In spite of the churning gut, do what needs to be done. And I think the, the actions of doing what needs to be done came first. And some, somewhere along the line, the seeing clearly of the entanglement, of the conditioning, with a lot of work that I did in many arenas, was made clear. And then you go, oh, that's why that happened. And that was that awareness was fairly recent, but the action towards moving out of the, um, the movement to move out of the trance of that action started years and years and years ago. So does that make sense? 
Isn't that anybody? Yeah, okay. So that's kind of how you stay present with what needs to be done, but see how the reflection on wh what happened um, kind of got you where you are today. And again, like, well, I thought of my nephew yesterday. That was the thought of something that had happened in the past, but I was able to hold the present time experience. And it's important to reflect on the past. It's, you know, it's not irrelevant, absolutely not irrelevant, but be careful that we get into this, this um, living there, living in the past or living in the future. That's how we use the past. And if you don't understand anything I'm saying and it makes no sense or you think I'm full of shit, that's fine too. Just, you know, you don't have to believe it just because I say it, you know, try it on. And a lot of times if you just jump into the Buddhist teachings, it's like it doesn't quite make sense. But um, uh, unless you're in a, like a 101 class, it's kind of like jumping in the deep end sometimes. So, um, but please ask any questions that um, might, might, might be helpful. Um, so one other thing to be aware of is that we make up our past. We make up, because of the neuro, neuroscience is finding this out too. It's like there we have the remembrance of what happened, but the exactness of it kind of dissipates. Different thoughts that kind of, I don't, I, I've read about the neuroscience of this, but I'm not, I'm not skilled enough in the language of it to explain it in neuro, neuroscience. But when the thoughts um, and the neurons and whatever those synapses, all those things kind of meld together, they just kind of, they kind of, kind of take on the um, facts, quote unquote, move from one to another and they, they kind of mix and match. And, there's not a hundred percent recollection of what happened. And the famous study is after the Challenger disaster, they had a few hundred people write their um, write their uh, experience of seeing it happen the day before, and then ten or fifteen years later, they went back and asked the same people to write their recollection of it, and the differences were astonishing. If any of you have letters or journals that you've kept from years ago. And you, and you go back and you look up particular things and you go, oh, I thought X, Y, or Z. And you see that it's not actually how you recollect it. So we, we have to be really cautious about living in the past as well because it's not necessarily the same. If any of you have siblings and you talk about events in your past or friends that you shared events with, and then you talk about them, and you all come up with different different experiences. Or even having this, you know, like, I had such a good time last night, and my husband was like, meh. And it's like, but we saw the same show. And you were like, meh. And I was like, that was fucking awesome. And it's like, oh, that happens. So there's, we have to just be aware of what our experience is and not say this is the truth, but to see how we are reacting, we are responding to what's happening, what's coming up for us. So if we get enmeshed in it, when it's so malleable, that's when we run into trouble. We, we get um, rigidly attached to something 
that's not something that you should be attached to because it's so amorphous. We think this is it, but it's not necessarily. Um, and then, so thoughts are manufactured by the brain and includes, includes the past and the future. We just make shit up. The future is all made up. It's all made up. Unless you're psychic, unless you're future, you can tell the future. And you just need to tell us now what's going to happen. Otherwise, it's all a story that we've fabricated. And oftentimes, a lot of times, it's not the good stuff. Many of us have this tendency to go into the, if this doesn't happen, then I'm screwed. You know, we create these, these um, awful things. And that, you know, we get, forget sometimes one of the hindrances that we run up against is, is restlessness, where the mind is just jumping all over the place. But it's not just restlessness. It's restlessness and worry. We get into this place of worry and fear. If this, if that, instead of just saying, well, what can I hold that right now? When you're in that place of fear about the future, I'm just, just pulling that out of the hat, this isn't going to happen, or that's not going to happen, or what happens when this happens, because I know this person's going to die, and that person's going to die, and, and when that person dies, then this is going to happen, then that's going to happen. That's just a fairy tale. We do not know. We make up the scenario. So come back. Let go of the expectation or the thought of what's going to happen. Come back to right now and be with the feeling that's present right now. Well, oftentimes there's fear about what's going to happen or there's sadness. There's anticipatory grief when you know something's going to end. And we, we get stuck there. Like when I was talking about knowing that the good stuff was going to end. And I'm moping about not experiencing the present time. I'm experiencing a fantasy world that I've created. The same is true in the past. I've ex I'm experiencing a fantasy world, a oftentimes in the past. Because we've created these stories about us. It's all this, our, the, it's this preoccupation with self. It's a scenario about us. We've created these stories, and when we live there, we're not actually making the most of where we are. I, I watched The Daily Show the other night, and Will Smith was on, the actor. And he has a new movie out. And I think there's a, oh, it's Gemini Man, I guess it's a... a science fiction where he's a he's in a sniper or an, or an assassin or something and he's quitting and then they send his younger self to kill him in the future i don't know something like that anyway they were talking to him and he he was talking about how he just turned 50 and when he turned 50 he went bungee jumping out of a helicopter or something like that and he said he had gotten to a place in his life where he was will smith and he was trapped by being Will Smith. And it's like, well, what would Will Smith do? And what would, what, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. And he realized he was trapped and really unhappy. He had created this fixed story about who he was. 
And he said, that's bullshit. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do, me, not Will Smith. And so he, he said since then he hasn't been um, living to that story that he created about himself and is living just in the moment to do what he would like to do. And I thought that was really extraordinary. And that's what, ask yourself, do you have this persona? Do you have the story of who you are? And the parameters you set up for yourself and that you fall inside. Oh, I don't do that. I never do that. I can't do that. That's not me. I can't help it. I wasn't born that way. I'm just born that way. You know, we excuse all these things. And I have found a lot, things that I say, I used to say, I can't help it. That's just the way I am. It's all conditioning. It's not the way I am. I was trained to do that. Not overtly in school, but through this, these, these osmosis to a certain extent, just by being in the situation I was in, growing up, the society, the messages I received. So to watch how you might be trapped in those, those the, I'm in my Mary box. He was in his Will Smith box. So watch if you're trapped in these, these boxes. Really important. If you're used to saying no, say yes. So just to examine. You might go, I choose not to jump out of a helicopter on a bungee cord, that's fine. It doesn't mean you have to do that, but to see if you're running, causing yourself to run up against walls. Are you running up against walls of your own creation? I used to, I had all kinds of rules, all kinds of rules. If some of you have heard my, the fresh and frozen corn. My rule was you're not, a, you're a better person if you use fresh corn than frozen corn. And I'd spend 20 minutes in the supermarket going back and forth between fresh and frozen, fresh and frozen, fresh and frozen. And so, oh, I'm a better person, but I don't want, I don't know if I'm going to use the corner. I don't want to buy it and go bad. And I go to frozen food, but I, I, you're a better person if you buy fresh. I don't know where that rule came from, but I made it up. And I learned, I, all of a sudden I said, who made that rule? And the answer was Mary. And I went, bad rule. I had all these rules about how my life should be. And when I noted, when I saw clearly, finally, oh, they are rules that I made up. I quit paying attention to the voice in my head, that story, and said, let it go. There's a tremendous freedom in that. Tremendous freedom in that. He also, this was a, I think this interview was four minutes long, and I'm like taking notes. It was extraordinary. And because the movie, his, his younger self comes to kill his older self. And, and so um, Trevor Noah asked him how his, because um, he, he's, Will Smith has kids, and he says, well, do you ever give them advice like, um, I, I think, you know, whatever, I forget how they phrased it, but what's best for you, you know? Um, he said, he didn't, he said, you know, what might be best for me? is not necessarily what's best for my kids. So I don't tell them that. He said when he was 18, his mother said he wanted to go into music and his mother wanted him to go to college. And she said, it's in your best interest. That's it, the phrase. It's in your best interest to go to college. And he said, not, it's maybe in your best interest to go to school or have me go to school, but not my best interest. 
And we each have to be true to our own best interest. What's beneficial for us? In the parameters of the Buddhist teaching of not causing harm and so on. But what's beneficial for us? One size doesn't fit all. But unless you're paying attention clearly, it's so easy to be swept along by the tide of what people want you to do. I would spend half my life going, who do you want me to be? What like music do you like? I like that music. What? Where do you want to, that's where I want, what do you want, I want, because I needed you to like me, I needed to have a connection. It was so hard to not be true to myself, or so hard to be true to myself, I should say. So watching that, because when you live in that way, it's uncomfortable. It's that extra level of discomfort that the Buddha taught, because we're so conditioned, or we're so trapped by the idea that it has to look this way. The perfect Mary box looks like this. And if I, if I get this box just right, then I won't have to worry anymore and it'll be all good. But I gotta keep working at it because you do it and it's painful and sad and lonely and you're like, well, that piece doesn't work. Maybe I put this piece in the box, get rid of that wall and put this wall up or paint it this color or, you know, or put a window in over here or whatever, we continually manipulate it because we're trying to, it's a moving, ever-flowing, impermanent thing that we're trying to make permanent, and it doesn't work. So instead, the Buddha says, just let go. Let go of the expectations, let go of the rumination of being trapped in the past, and deal with what needs to be done right now, and shit, you might die tomorrow anyway, so. That bungee cord just might break when you jump out of that helicopter, you know? So just be aware of that. Um, you know, I also heard this other interview a number of years ago with, I don't know, I, I, when I was listening to it, I'm like, why do I want to listen to this guy? I was listening to the, an interview with the general manager of the Yankees, and he's been the general manager of the years. And, but he said, when you are a leader of any kind of organization, your job is to do what's best for the organization. When you get to the place of only look, doing what's best for you, you are no longer being of service. You are no longer, you are now trapped by self because you've moved from being successful in a community and moved into being successful only for you and you get trapped by that self, because that's driven by fear. What will happen to me if? That if-then scenario arises. So I, that was a brilliant piece that I took away from that. You know, just let go and do what's best. You know, last week I talked about the one sutta where the Buddha um, said that we have to understand that we are dear to ourselves and just as we are dear to ourselves, all beings are dear to themselves. So if we honor ourselves, we could never hurt another because we see how dear they are to themselves. So we, we, we act in this, this broad-based communal way and get out of the, you know, the me, mine, Really, really important. And that takes a lot of work because that future tripping is all about me. It's all about me. 
And it makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying don't take care of business. Not, you know, there's always the relative and the absolute. I have to, I have to plan to get to the airport by six o'clock on Tuesday morning. I mean, you know, I have to do that, and I have to um, say, well, how did I? Why did I screw that up? What happened? What, what mistake did I make last night? Or, oh, why did I piss that person off? Oh, because I said that. Okay. We have to pay attention to that, but we don't live in those places. And watch how you get caught up in those things. Um, so we want to discern. We want to. We want to pay attention. We want to um, see clearly what's going on as the boot. And and then oh, I found this from another another um, sutta. It says, "Don't lament, lament the past or yearn for the future. Sustain and nourish the present." and your demeanor will be peace. Sustain and nourish what's present, because there is nothing else. There's nothing else. So sustain what's happening right now. And there's also one other line that I love about worry. A definition of worry is a misuse of the imagination. <laughs> Just like um, forgiveness is getting, giving up all hope of a better past. So we give up all hope of changing the outcome of yesterday. If only you had. Any questions about any of this? 